You're listening to the Mashup Americans. Hey, I'm Amy Choi. And I'm Rebecca Lair, and we are the Mashup Americans. And this season, which starts today, we are bringing you the ultimate guide to a mashup life. These are the new rules for a delicious, laughter-filled, bright-ass, technicolor life. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the life that we're trying to live every single day. And it's also, I mean, this is a culmination of 10 years of the Mashup Americans. We've been doing this for 10 years now. It's 10 years of wisdom gained from our conversations with all of you. 10 years of laughter. Uh, Maybe a few ugly tears. I don't know. I might be in the habit of doing that. I don't. Me? No. I don't (laughs) ever cry. I didn't cry in the live action Little Mermaid. Not me. Or in Matilda the Musical. Not me. Um, (laughs) So one of the taglines we have and has always been, we are richly rooted and we are looking forward and creating the future. And sort of that's what this is. It's wisdom from our traditions and wisdom from our lives. It's basically whatever the opposite is of like an Emily Post. Make sure that your napkins are folded in this direct way. But we do have some rules like just don't be stupid and wear your shoes inside the house. Just don't do that. Do not. And you, obviously, that's just a baseline. (laughs) Also, have enough food for everyone. Like that. Should we qualify what enough food means? Because it turns out we learned enough food means different things to different people. Enough food is 50% more than will be, like, obviously eaten. You just, like, need to know that you have a cushion. Don't you think? Oh, the anxiety and horror that grips me when I host and there is not enough leftovers for a whole two to three meals later. That's precisely too little food. Like if you don't have enough leftover, (laughs) then that's too little. Okay. Correct. Okay. Well, so that's one of our rules. That's one of our rules. We do have some, we do have some etiquette. But the big, like the big rules, the rules of our soul are things like you have to be kind, like we're building community and we're sharing the wisdom that we have because that's everything. The ways that we can be with each other and hold each other up and hold each other tight is is our whole is what makes our lives fantastic. And that's what this whole season will be. We're talking to some of the greats, mashups, the people that we love, including we'll talk to Rain Wilson. We're talking to Pooja Lakshman. We're talking to Jeff Chang, Chani Nicholas. So, so, so many wonderful people. But today we, we, oh, we need today. to start off. We need to start off with just the numero uno. Oh, our dear friend, actor, writer, director, and one of the truly most generous people souls just like walking around this planet randall park wow we love that guy you know we met him because we were huge fans and we wanted to book him on our show back in 2017 so shout out to phil Yu, another friend the angry asian man who made the intro and we just all fell in love yes shout out to phil because he's another great example of all of us kind of booing each other and making sure that the people that we love 
succeed and shine and thrive and just connecting all the dots together. But I mean, since 2017 and that fateful conversation, Randall has starred in a rom-com that we made. He's advised us on how to run a writer's room for said rom-com. We've had endless conversations about why we cry so hard when we listen to BTS. It's just like tons of supportive texts and emails with as Rebecca feels very seen by many, many exclamation points. Oh, boy. I am the queen of exclamation <laughs> points. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things is we feel like when you find your people and you keep that generosity of spirit and you keep to your mission and keep building together, magical things happen. We've learned so much from Randall and we thought he would be the perfect person to share really how to live a good mashup life to start this series off. And as he has said before, I'm a Korean guy with Korean immigrant parents. Uh, I have a Korean wife and a (laughs) Korean kid. He's also an Angelino. And uh, let's see, you'll know his work from Fresh Off the Boat, Ant-Man, WandaVision, Aquaman, Always Be My Maybe, among many, many others. And his directorial debut, Shortcomings, came out in theaters this past summer and is now available to stream. Let's get to it. So, Randall. Yeah. (laughs) We have a lot to cover today. (laughs) We've been in many places with you, and you live, uh, take up a huge corner of our hearts. And we haven't had a conversation like this on our podcast since 2017. Oh my God, was it 2017? Yeah, so a lot has happened. 12 lifetimes ago. 12, so many fascist regimes. (laughs) So many <laughs> pandemics. <laughs> I had a whole nother child. <laughs> so we really, a lot has happened. And so we're not going to like try to catch up on the last six years, but we are really excited about thinking with you today about what actually makes a good life. Mm. But first of all, we do want to say fucking congratulations because oh. <laughs> you just put out your directorial debut of a major film. Thank you. And we want to talk about it because, as you know, because I emailed you my screaming thoughts about it, I saw it on opening afternoon. For me, the whole movie felt like it was about coming home to yourself Mm. and just like whatever that means, like being able to be in yourself and be who you are, which is, I think, so much of the mashup project. Mm -hmm. And also realizing that maybe when you are honest about yourself that you're like, oh, shit, (laughs) there's stuff I got to work on. Yeah, that's exactly what the movie's about. It's a movie about personal growth Mm -hmm. and change and whether or not we have to change, you know, especially if the world around us is changing, do we have to change uh, with the world? And uh, for Ben, I mean, it's probably a yes you know by the mm-hmm. end there he he's just left with himself like you said and and he has to face a lot of uncomfortable things and and consider maybe growing a little Rebecca and I talk about this all the time which leads into this larger conversation about what it means to like have a good life or have a successful life that you determine for yourself is that most of the or Ben and Alice I guess the two main ones mm-hmm. and maybe Miko they're just like constantly having like ongoing reckonings with themselves. Mm-hmm. And just being like, oh, wait, is this right? Is that right? And I think that's something about in the past, I don't know, decade, everything has been about being authentic, Mm -hmm. right? To the point of 
we're always like, why are you sharing that? On oh the my God. Why does anybody need to know this thing? Like, why are you even talking about this right now? This is yeah. for you and your therapist. Like, yeah. what's happening? What do they call it? The youngins? Main character syndrome? Main character oh, syndrome. I've know never this? heard of that. That's the thing, though, is that like we're so invested in creating a story about ourselves, especially now, and being yes. like really true to ourselves. Yeah. That then I think it feels easier to get stuck in the version of yourself that you've projected out into the world. Yes. Yes. And easier to be like, oh, no, this is the real me. And it's super important to be really me. But somehow that makes it, I think, harder to change because then you're like, if if I change, then am I still me? Totally, totally. You're, you're almost cementing your identity and, and your, your, you know, this idea of who you are in this world when really it's we're all so insecure ultimately and, and you know, constantly changing or, or we should constantly be changing and growing and, and you know, opinions should be changing every now and then. And, and uh, you know, if as, as long as we're alive and we're talking to other people and, and, you know, interacting with the world, then we should be kind of malleable, you know. There does feel like we get so entrenched in identity. I mean, one of ways we're trying to grow is if something isn't for somebody else that you like, Mm -hmm. does that, how do I not then feel bad, either angry at them (laughs) for not wanting to like the thing that I like or feeling bad and insecure about liking the thing that I like. Sure. And I mean, your movie, it's such a good, very focused version of that, which is around movies, but it can be around music as well. Like Mm -hmm. something where it's like about taste, Mm -hmm. but it, it spreads out into everything, like the schools you go to or what neighborhood you live in or what's city you live in. And this feeling, right, we've gotten stuck in everything representing something about us. I'm wrestling a lot with that. Yeah, right me now. too. I mean, I, me too, because because I think some of this stuff is okay, too. Yeah. It's okay to, like, be passionate about what you like. Yeah. And it's okay to, mm-hmm. like, embrace an identity and choose to, you know, connect with other people based off of that identity. Yeah. But I think it becomes a problem when it's making you miserable, you know? And I think right. uh, I think for someone like Ben and uh, for a lot of people in the world we live in now, it's it's making people very miserable. Yeah, because you can't, you, you feel like you're betraying something if you, mm-hmm. if you, if you try something different. Yeah. 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 Also, it's like that you're maybe admitting that your past self was, wrong yeah mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. needed to grow i know that that's something that i struggle with a lot is that i actually do believe intellectually that i should be a little bit embarrassed of like past me's you know because it means that yeah. now i know better and now i've grown right but also i'm like well that sucks it sucks to be like oh she should have known better you know <laughs> right right but that's like a sign of growth right i mean that's like we should all look at our photos in high school and kind of shake our heads a little bit, right? Like, oh my uh, God. But thank God what? we don't have digitized photos. <laughs> like, if that's enough, I don't. You're, True. You're, you're, you, you each have kids who are a little older than mine, but how do I just be like, you can't put a single thing on the internet. Do <laughs> not, do not, literally do ever. Not thing. Like, I am terrified. So what... What if we're talking about, you know, ingredients for a great life and like being able to grow is is clearly one of them. What, Randall, has been a recent uncomfortable growth moment that's happened? Has there been something where you're like, oh, shit, this is this is I got to I got to adapt this thing. Uh, Gosh. Well, you know, I think my experience with the movie has been a real uh, opportunity for growth. 
for me and mm. and has been both great and also challenging. And there's that part of me, it's, oh, it's my directorial debut. It's I, I want the world to see this. I want to get all the accolades, mm-hmm. you know, I want people mm-hmm. to, uh, and then, you you know, you read that first bad review and you're like, oh my God, uh, you know, it, mm. it seems like everything's going to crumble. But I think over the course of this process, I've really, um, I don't know. I've come to kind of enjoy it all, yeah. even the mm. tough stuff. And and to really feel so certain that all of this is supposed to happen the way it's happening. And mm. I'm proud of the movie. I love the movie. The movie is not like my only artistic statement. It's one of many statements that I will make throughout my life. Mm. It's, it's, it's right. reflective of a part of me, but it's not me it's a part of me and it's a story that I wanted to tell and there are other stories I want to tell and and each of those stories are going to have their own stories when Mm. they come out and and so so I don't know I've come to this really I don't know really nice kind of place with it and and I'm definitely not as anxious or insecure about things you know than when when it first came out where I was just like kind of very anxious about it all that's so lovely and i think that's actually like a huge question that in our work and especially i think in the past two or three years rebecca and i have really been asking ourselves this like really diligently is just like when you talk about accolades like who do we need to validate us like Mm -hmm. are there people that you're seeking that from and like the rest of the world can kind of go to hell we don't necessarily care about everybody's opinion, but there's some people where we're just like, oh, we just we want them to think that we're cool or that we're smart or that this is a story that yeah. resonates with them. Like we know Drake knows who you are. We saw you talking about that. On Drake the- is, a, is an old friend. <laughs> 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 yeah. The, the fact that he, you know, expressed to me that he was a fan was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. And 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 then it's little things like that, you know, where it's like, oh, take that and and enjoy that, and right. uh, don't worry too much about, you know, w- when it's coming, where it's coming. Just for me, for me, it's just like, just do the work, have as much fun as possible. Those things will come from who knows where and when. Right. But uh, those things will come, and and if they don't, that's fine too. Just just really kind of immerse yourself in the work and have fun. Yeah. yeah. I think for us, we talk also about, you know, how do you not compare yourself all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Not uh, that idea of like, don't compare your insides to other people's outsides, right? Mm-hmm. You have no idea. And again, what does success look like, for, mm-hmm. right? Like, what does it mean? Like, success for us is having a business after 10 years that we like can pay our bills and mm-hmm. we get to talk to people that we adore. Like, I, like I can't ask for more than that. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, know? you what yeah. you, what you two do for a living is you be yourselves. You get to be yourselves for a living. Yeah. And that's like, to me, the ultimate success, like in any field, in any, uh, uh, artistic form of expression. And if, if you can be yourself and somehow make a living off of that, to me, that's like crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. How do you keep Oh my God, from... Randall, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amy's having a lot of moments we can talk about, about what it means to have, make your life's work. Mm-hmm. And, yes. And also not just be 
we, you know, how do we've thought a lot about, um, you know, oh, we can say ancestral grief and trauma Mm -hmm. and stuff we're working through as Mm -hmm. humans. And so what were you going to say, Amy? Oh, I was just going to say I am lucky enough to have so many artists and like just beautiful, creative, interesting people in my life. And many of them people who without any sort of pretension can say something or that that you could say that's just like my life's work is this mm-hmm. or the body of my life's work or this is what I'm building is my life's work. And I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, that is truly the most beautiful thing ever. And for me, my life's work is like breaking kind of a fucked up cycle of trauma that has happened for generations in our family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's always number one priority. Mm-hmm. And so we're so lucky to get to do this kind of work, Rebecca and I, and like try to, mm-hmm. as you said, just like get to be ourselves. But I, if I think about what a successful life looks like, it's that shit that has happened for like eight generations in my family, like ends with me. Yeah. Yeah. And that probably is tied into a lot of like me just being able to be happy. Yeah, And then my kids see me being happy and then we're like, oh, turns out that being happy in yourself can actually heal almost anything. Yeah, for sure. And for you to do it in a medium that's accessible for so many people who are versions of that themselves. It's like so it's so fulfilling and inspiring, you know, for for people to see someone work through that. And uh, that's good work, you know. Oh, thanks, Randall. Yeah. But I think one thing that Rebecca and I think about a lot and is actually super Mm -hmm. like would love your take on it because you've built your career really like piece by piece. Yeah. And like your life, too. You didn't get married when you were like 25. Right. Like you met your life partner like a little bit later. And like our kids are the exact same age. You're so old. No, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) You look great, though. I'm I'm a. (laughs) I feel old. uh... You are not. (laughs) That all said is that how do you keep from like moving the goalposts on yourself? Yeah. Because like you keep on achieving more. But sometimes I feel like, you know, when you're really hungry or really ambitious, you really want to do big things that sometimes you're just like, oh, but I'm never I haven't ever gotten there. Mm. Or you don't take it in. Not you. Or that we found that we don't take it in when we've achieved it. Like, oh, I, I, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't either. And I don't know if it's a bad thing, but I, it probably right. is not the best thing to 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 celebrate every now and then, you know. But I'm definitely <laughs> like not one to 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 celebrate too often, you yeah. know. I, I I kind of like if I achieve something great or or you know achieve a goal that I've had for a long time, it's it it feels great. But I'm already kind of thinking of like the next thing, yeah, and. Uh, I don't know if that's healthy, but that's just kind of how I'm wired, I guess. Who do you talk to like about your ambitions or is it that clear like that, you know, like, oh, I want this. Mm. Like this is what's coming next. Uh, I talk to, you know, my my wife and friends and uh, uh, but I would say that a lot of it is internal and kind of just there. It just kind of shows up like this is Mm -hmm. this is. This is what I want to do next. And I know that doing that one thing that I want to do, it, you know, the likelihood of that happening is is probably, you know, pretty unlikely. But if I move in that direction, there's going to be something cool around there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'll get to do something cool. 
and it'll feel great. And then a new thing will pop up and I'll go in that direction and I won't necessarily get to where I want to go, but I'll be somewhere cool. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of been the, the, uh, and then I'll have like big general goals, you know, that I'll just like think about and ruminate on and, and, you know, 10 years later, I'll be somewhere near there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. One thing that I think we wrestle with, and I don't know, I know it's not just a woman thing, even though it does feel especially important as women and particularly as like mashup women, is this idea of how important it is to be liked Mm -hmm. and just likability in general. And I remember this has always been a pressing question of mine because I think I've been lucky enough to like make friends easily and generally be liked by people. But then it became something that was so important to me that, oh, Mm -hmm. in order to be successful or have a good life, I have to be liked by everybody. And a mentor of mine, John Maida, I asked him this question Mm. and it was at a moment when there was some inflection point going on with work. And I was like, "Uh, you know, how do I get over this? How do I get over this desire to be liked? And he was like, of course you want to be liked. Mm. Everybody wants to be liked. But like, you can do everything you want in your life if you're respected. Yeah. And I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it kind of blew my mind. And I, I know that that is something that you have mentioned in interviews, a desire to just be liked. And I think that that has got to yeah. be... Yeah, crippling. Can you talk about that more? Well, first off, yeah, I, I do have a, a, a deep, intense desire to be liked at all times and it's a uh and at times crippling and at times it's you know it makes for life to be a little harder sometimes for me but I do feel like and this goes back to the movie uh to be successful at least in the industry that I'm in it's kind of like you have to be okay with being disliked if anything you know like and to say something honest and and truthful or to do something honest and truthful or to create something honest and truthful, there's going to be people who are going to not like you, you know, and that's just like a part of it. And I think for me, that was another great kind of revelation of of this experience is that, oh, people are going to like hate me because of this movie. <laughs> and you know what? Never. But but it's like that's okay, yeah. you know? That's okay. Yeah. And uh and but I think maybe, you know, the thought of that a few years before would have been really like worrisome to me, you know. But now it's like, oh, it's it's fine, you know. It's fine. This is where we do the thing again. Yeah. <laughs> growth, yeah. growth, growth. Do you think growth. you've ever convinced anybody to like you? Uh, who, who like wasn't on board? No. Yeah. I don't think it's possible. That's what I'm realizing. Yeah. I'm like, what? Why am I trying so hard? <laughs> that person's never gonna like me. Never. I mean, unless you, they need a kidney, and you got the kidney. You right. know, then like they could like you suddenly. But yeah. outside of that, it's like you cannot convince someone to like you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're just not, and I, again, similarly, I don't think it's not been my general issue. I'm lucky to make friends, but anyone who's not, and then I feel that urge, like you're like you zoom in on the person who's not feeling you. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. I'm going to do a lot of energy there. Why? Why yeah, are you doing yeah, that? Yeah. All the other people here aren't so nice. Yeah. And, yeah. And do like me. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I know. Ugh, I don't know, you guys. I don't I don't know if it's okay. <laughs> you gotta be I, I need those people. Um Rebecca actually has a specific Oh yeah. 
Mm-hmm. question for okay. you about liking a community okay okay a hold, type of person hold on okay let me start here let me start it's related to the movie um remind me the white dude who is the boyfriend who's like a very what's a japanophile uh, goes, leon. leon leon yeah okay oh god i really cried laughing on the sidewalk scene but okay, i mean go we've on, talked about it before on the show but amy would like walk into someone's house that she was like had been on a date with and there's just like chinese scrolls <laughs> on the or wall just like there's chinese scrolls or there's like sometimes like literally some sort of cosplay sword or like yeah. just too much anime yeah. in like the situation yeah. I'm like I gotta go with yeah. these guys but you do it in an anime accent <laughs> like when you leave <laughs> you like make your eyes really circular <laughs> um, <laughs> so okay so uh you know, inside voices, trusted friends, yes. right? It's like I realized I was like, I'm really around a lot of Korean people, and I and I love <laughs> Korean people, and I know I'm an Angelino too. So it's like Amy like met her first cool West Coast Korean well In into college, college and mm-hmm. she's like, this is a, this is a different um, being, and I was like, what? I thought everybody was like that. It, anyways, so I was like, is it? Where's the line? <laughs> Where you're a creep. Do you know what I mean? Like, where is the line where you're like, I'm a, you know, Koreaphile or something or like something where where everyone's like, "Uh," like where, you know, like as opposed to just like, I'm just a person who happens to to have a lot of Korean friends. And I'm not, I'm, I'm an army wife. I'm not, I'm not army. I'm not like only watching K-dramas and like practicing Korean. Okay. But uh, you, you, you are wearing a Han book right now, I, which is like, <laughs> which true. I didn't want to say anything. I got it. Admit, I got it. Man. <laughs> it's a special silk from Daegu. Um, uh, it's in my colors, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, after I had my kid do his dole. No, I'm <laughs> Anyways, no, but I'm just like, where's the, like, so that guy was obviously, or not obviously, but it seems kind of like a creep, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the thing about that character was, it, it was very important to me that you know, the character was, is the character and does like certain things. Like probably did have a samurai sword in his house. Actually, if you look closely, there is one in the house. (laughs) 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 But it was really important to me that he be a good guy. Yeah. That was really important to me that, 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 that character wasn't, you know, just He's not the reason. Cartoony, you know, like, like, like he has a good heart, you know. And those things are, you know, could be problematic for some. Right. But ultimately he's meaning, he means well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, uh, and, what and is it, that's what, what Randall's like, and that's how I feel about you. <laughs> hey, Rebecca, sorry. you mean well. <laughs> Thank you for the king pop that you brought to the studio yeah. this morning. <laughs> I was at, I was literally watching this woman, this beautiful woman, Korean woman, playing the like violin at the Hollywood Bowl yesterday, and I had this thought: oh, I'm gonna talk to Randall tomorrow. Why do I? Have, what 
what's wrong? Is there something wrong with me? That's like, I was kind of got to bring this up. Anyways. I don't know. You know, I think it's, look, it's different for everybody. Right. And some people are more put off by things than others. And, and you know, some people can go overboard with certain things, <laughs> uh, which I don't think you go overboard with any of this I mean, stuff. my Hanbuck, is, it is beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. I've started at Sea Line. <laughs> but, I, I, yeah, I mean, for me, I don't know. I, I, I it, for me personally, things don't bug me that much, you know, and, yeah. and I feel like I don't really, I just don't have the energy uh, anymore to, to, to think about like, why is this person this way? What's their like ulterior motive? What, oh, you know, what I, I just think, oh, are they nice? Are they nice to me? <laughs> do, do they like me? Do they like me? <laughs> that, that's you know, like that. That's it. I. I it just takes too much energy to. Uh, uh, yeah. For me. I actually think that's a really important note as we're making our guide to a good life. Like where energy goes, and yeah. I know. Sorry, Amy. Two Angelinas ever had talking about <laughs> vibes and energy, right. but I. For me, that's like so critical. Like, yeah. Why am I using my energy for that? Like, yeah. it's just it's just not a good use of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and you know, maybe some folks have more energy, and they could <laughs> they could throw around that energy, and that's good for them. That's, they don't you have know. children. <laughs> yeah. They just have like their their All whole the world time. isn't on strike. <laughs> yeah. You know, they can just Vibes. put energy out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do think that there's actually something too about being able to. We always think about cultures being malleable. Like yeah. that's what that's what we get to do, right? Like we're we're like floating in and out of a couple of different things. We're rooted in certain places. But part of where I think that I have realized that I'm actually the most comfortable is not necessarily like squarely in Korean culture, right? Yeah. And yeah. like that's something that I know. It's not like squarely in American culture, but it's also just in the in-betweens. Like I love arriving into any city. Yeah. That feeling of like, I feel so alive when like, like I remember because it had been like, I don't know, maybe like six months or something. LOL, six months being a long time between international trips. <laughs> yeah. This was clearly before I had children. <laughs> yeah. But landing in Nairobi, mm. you know, the, the smell and like the, the cabbies and just being like, how am I going to get to this place? And I got to find the hotel and like I need to get the guy on the street to give me a new chip for my phone mm -hmm. and being like, I'm alive yeah. <laughs> and yeah. feeling completely at home in being in a place that was completely yes. foreign. Yeah. It was my first time in Kenya. And that that feeling of cultural kind of, I don't know, amorphousness or of being at home in lots of different places. Yeah. Feels really important and like key to, mm -hmm. to me of what it means to like explore and build a good life and then also not be like coming home in a fucking... African headdress or something, you know, just like <laughs> you, you, you are wearing an African headdress right now. It's true, it's true, it's true. I'm thing. sorry. <laughs> I was no. gonna say something. <laughs> Do you like the pattern? He, he, I got he, he came in and was like, This, this, <laughs> these bitches, what has happened in the pandemic? They went off <laughs> this podcast <laughs> changed. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, they're do they're doing a bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I love that though, and I think that's the thing about being in like New York or in LA is that you do get the opportunity to navigate and see and experience and really befriend and get to be close with people that are so different from you. Yeah, and then 
you know, there's the balance of being like, how do I not be a fucking creep? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just about being a nice person, you know, and being like sensitive yeah. to to other people. What is it when you think about the life that you've built, the kind of priorities you have in a good life and and a successful life? What do you want Ruby to take? What are you hoping for for her? Are there specific values or just things that that you hope she carries on among these kind of ideas? Mm. She's 10 now, right? She's 11. Yeah. She's, she's 11. A, yeah, she's 11. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. I, I want her to be herself, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and all those things that that entails. And, uh, and I just, and I want her to be happy, you know, and, and to be nice, to be a, to be a, a considerate person. And then outside mm-hmm. of that, it's just like, whatever it, whatever it be, that's great. But be happy, be, be nice to people. I, that doesn't sound right saying it like be nice, but <laughs> no, I think but that's ki- important. It's you know? Kindness. Kindness. Yeah. A good sense yeah. of kindness. Yeah. What's something you've learned in parenting her? Well, for me and Jay, the, it's a, our, so our daughter Ruby's on the autism spectrum. So there is a lot of kind of inherent challenges in that. And I think, this has been kind of ongoing, but I've been kind of a little more thoughtful about it, or I've been thinking about it more, is that, she, you know, her verbal communication is very limited. Mm. So it's like, it's it's tough to know exactly what she's thinking mm. because she can't say it verbally. And, uh, uh, but she can, her immediate needs and desires she could express, you mm. know, but to get a very kind of deep nuanced understanding of what she's experiencing or, or how she feels it's it, we've never gotten uh, been able to to do that but i think over the last few years i've kind of not that i'm not that i'm okay with it but i feel like we it goes back to we're doing our best and we love mm-hmm. her so much and that's that, that that's all that matters, you know, and as long as she feels that and she knows that, then we know that, you know, at the very least, she feels safe with us and she feels love and whatever she's thinking or certain specific thoughts or it, it's OK that we don't know exactly what's going on as long as like we feel that as long as she's loved. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I, I've kind of been less like, oh gosh, we have to figure this out. We have to, you know, we have to uh, find the answer to this problem. You know, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's a process mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and we're doing our best. That's yeah. so beautiful. For me, like my source of, of divinity and spirituality is like the energy that's created between two people. Yeah. And so like, I could feel when you're describing Ruby and your interaction that there's that like the love is the sort of, you know, the big spirit. If yeah. that is like you're like, I'm I you know it. Yeah. You know what's happening and without having her say it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And to and to have mm. faith in that. Yeah. Yeah. And to trust that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so lovely. Thank you for sharing that. And you're. I assume Jay is also kind, but I don't know her. Yeah, yeah, she might. She might be an asshole. Yeah, she's. (laughs) It'd be really surprising. (laughs) 
would be very surprising. She's a monster. <laughs> uh, but there's a that the idea of of like being loved well, I think, and like mm. feeling that in your it's part of what we're talking about in the flip in the reverse of like how undoing stuff that is generationally mm-hmm. been there. Um like being loved well or loving well feels mm-hmm. like it gets in your bones. I don't know. It's like you if you're loved well, you just are like, I don't know, I was loved well. So I yeah. I have my I have a bunch of shit, but Yeah. I it it's in me. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think about that a lot. You know, my, my folks are getting older and uh, I've been spending more time with them. And you know, I grew up with so many uh uh just so many issues with how I was raised and 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 the whole immigrant thing and just hey you know wishing I was you know I'd see my my white friends and their families and how they do certain things and everything was so you know I don't seem so fun and rich and <laughs> and uh, and you know we had our kind of little lives and I was just so like I don't know I've always felt like I was missing out as a kid you know and then mm-hmm. and then you get older and uh, you know, and now today it's like I realize, oh, my gosh, my parents were such good people. You know, they were good mm. people and they were trying their best and mm. they were uh, making mistakes just like I make mistakes right now. And 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 my wife and I have, you know, we're not doing everything right, we're, but we're trying our best. And and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and to come to that realization, it, it's like. Oh, that's that's all I needed, you know. That's all I needed. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, in that regards, I feel like we're 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 doing our best. We're doing good. We're doing, our, you know, with Ruby. I definitely scream at my children. I'm definitely like, well, they're gonna go therapy for this one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sorry to sorry to them. But. I mean, you're gonna screw up your kids <laughs> yeah. a little bit. That's yeah. just like that's what's supposed to happen I think you know well you're a human yeah and then they're separate humans that's a very confusing (laughs) right they're like not just people you can just like hey I need to give you all my wisdom and then you just like make it better yeah yeah that's apparently not the thing no it's not how it works Uh, yeah so rude but I think that's almost like the way Randall you were describing what it meant to like create shortcomings and then put it out into the world and be like, okay, well now this is the story and this story has its own life and it yeah. has its own, it'll have its own journey and it'll have its own like fans and detractors and who knows how will you will feel about it in 10 years yeah. and how audiences, you know, the whole thing. And I feel like when you were saying all that, it felt almost exactly like how I feel about my kids. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, wow. Like you can do whatever you can do and like i think loving them is probably the best thing like that so so resonant yeah what you're saying just like being able to love them well yeah and then yeah. they just then they then they then they're, them, they're themselves and like that as you rebecca guys, said now really... i'm gonna start crying that's like it's too much it's like i you know and i'm very sappy it's very intense it's like yeah anyways um does a good life mean that we all cry while talking to randall park yeah we also laughed so hard oh, like this is this that's is the true. range we really covered it all um well we're getting to the end of our time with you and we want to be respectful because you're like a, your need to be liked, I feel like may <laughs> cause you to never say I gotta go, bitches. But um, just a couple. Also, he's like a major director and movie star who somehow we have duped into being our friend. 
Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> I love you so much. Love you. Uh, also, uh, Randall uses so many exclamation points in emails, and I feel very seen. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. So that was pointed out to me uh, recently that I do. Was that. it me? It might have been you. Somebody, yeah, somebody did. And uh, uh, yeah, I felt I felt very self conscious about that. But then I, I just I don't know. I just do it. Wait, I also do, and so we shouldn't be self conscious. No, we should. Like, guess yeah. what? We're delightful. Yeah. Well, we had one other question for you. Yeah. What are you reading these days? Uh, I'm I re- I'm like always listening to a bunch of uh, audio books. Mm-hmm. At the same time. Do you ever, as an, an actor with a terrific voice, hear these audiobooks and be like, why? Are, why? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> why? I tried to listen to one the other day and I was like, <laughs> I, I heard it 40 seconds and I was like, no, absolutely not. This man is too boring. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> the book that I'm, uh, well, I've, again, I'm, I'm listening to like three or four of them at, at, at a time, but the one that I listened to last... Uh, there's this, this book called Burn It Down. It's about like Hollywood and, yeah. uh, and all and Hollywood culture and just kind of the stories of, of kind of bullying and... and Vanity and, Fair writer or something? Yes, 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 yes. 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 Yeah, and it's... Uh, uh, Was it resonant? Uh, for me, a touch, a touch. But it definitely, you know, I, I haven't experienced anything as bad as, you know, the stories in this book. It's, mm. it's pretty, it's pretty... Uh, pretty awful but but that stuff is still going on you know yeah. still going on yeah 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 well you're gonna burn it down with kindness yeah that's right you know you're what? Just gonna continue to just be nice to everybody <laughs> yeah i feel like part of what i've heard today too from you and thank you for the generosity of spirit that you always show us and for just being here so present with us but it's like that actually you kind of will burn it down with kindness that actually like yeah. the more we can let go of like why am i using my energy for that or like mm. i can't change that or like how do you accept like each of these are steps to something? I love the way you describe like you think of some big goal and you're like, I may never get there. But when I move myself in that direction, something cool does happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over in that quadrant, you mm-hmm. know, over in that their area. And maybe it's a year and maybe it's five years, but it does lead somewhere cool. Yeah. And all of this, it's like doing you, you know, you're like doing it well, being kind and like trying to cut out some of the other noise. Yeah, yeah, I, for me and I, and I think for me uh, a lot of it is that I just have no energy, you know? Oh. I'm old. <laughs> I'm getting old. So old. I, <laughs> I don't have the energy for, you know, negativity or uh or anger. I mean, negativity, anger, sadness, all that stuff happens and it's going to happen. But if I have the choice, yes. Then, you know, I'll just I don't. I just don't have it, the the time or energy to to hold on to that. Yeah. Should I bring back cut it out? Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> That's David yeah. Coulier. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh my god. She's eating kimchi right now. By the way, <laughs> just on the white outfit. I brought my own uh, chopsticks. Yeah. It was in one of the petticoats of her humble. She just like, <laughs> yeah. it right out. It's lined with them. <laughs> wow. Love this. This was the best. Thank you so much. Of course. Talk to you guys soon. Okay, that's it for us. Where are you putting your energy today? How can you channel Randall and just be a little bit kinder and a little bit more generous? 
Thank you so much to Randall Park, our dear friend and one of the greatest all around humans. We love you. Go stream shortcomings now. And next week, we have the internet's best and favorite astrologer, the one and only Channy Nicholas. Uh, do you know where your sun and moon are? You don't want to miss it. Make sure to catch the rest of the Ultimate Guide to a Mashup Life, where we'll have episodes every week all fall. And like and follow the Mashup Americans wherever you get your pods. And tell your friends. Love you. This podcast is a production of the Mashup Americans. It is executive produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lair. Senior editor and producer is Sarah Pellegrini. Production manager is Shelby Sandlin. Thanks to DJ Rob Swift for our theme song, Salsa Scratch. Additional engineering support by Pedro Rafael Rosado. Please make sure to follow and share this show with your friends. Bye. Bye.